Initiate your narrative by starting a conversation and activating change within your community. Hi everyone, and welcome to Shift the Narrative, the fourth official podcast of Silver Needle Runway. I'm your host, Janella Zagara, the Student Communications Director for the 37th Annual Silver Needle Runway Show. This year's theme, entitled Reaction, embodies the boldness of a generation who wants to make a change. We are here to fight for what is right, and with doing that, we will empower our community around us. This podcast emphasizes the pillars that shape the SNR brand, with each episode focusing on a different core value, including diversity, sustainability, community, transparency, and leadership. Each of our guests has shown their dedication to integrating these values into their careers and recognize the importance of sharing their knowledge. The Shift the Narrative podcast is here to provide a platform for the students, faculty, and staff of Marist College to highlight their efforts in making a positive change. This five-episode miniseries will invigorate our listeners to make a statement and fight for the change that they believe in. Initiate your narrative. Initiate your reaction. Subscribe to Shift the Narrative to pave the way for a better future. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Shift the Narrative, the official SNR podcast. We are very excited to have the president of Marist College, President Kevin Weinman, for this week's episode on transparency. In this episode, we will be discussing his career path, what brought him to Marist, and his stance on the importance of transparency in higher education. I had the pleasure of speaking with him, and I'm so delighted to share the conversation that we had today. Hi, President Weinman. It is such an honor and privilege to have you on this episode of Shift the Narrative, the official SNR podcast today. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks. Thanks for asking me to, uh, to do this. I'm excited. Of course. I think a lot of our listeners already know who you are, but for those who don't, um, I would like to formally introduce Marist College's esteemed president, Kevin Weinman. We're so happy to have you here, and I'm so excited to get to talk t- with you today. Can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and your career? Sure. Uh, Yeah, so I began uh, my time here as mayor's president October of 2021. So I've been here not quite a year and a half. Uh, Time is flying. It feels like I've been here forever. I really love this job. Uh, Came here from Amherst College in Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, where I was a chief financial and administrative officer for just short of a decade. I was at Dartmouth College um, prior to that. Uh, About half my career spent in industry and the other half here in higher education. Just really excited to be a part of Marist. Wow, that's great to hear. I know it hasn't been, I remember like your inauguration ceremony and that feels like it was forever ago, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was almost a year after I started that we that, that we did the inauguration, which yeah. was a little odd, but uh, but it was uh, it was fun. That was a really special day in in, in yeah. my life and my family's life for sure. That's amazing to hear. So I think we should just get right into it. Um, today's topic is transparency, um, which is one of our core pillars of SNR. Um, so honesty and clear communication are how the FSP team creates impactful experiences year after year. Being transparent in our efforts means more than telling the truth. It is acknowledging what is going on in our world and relaying how our efforts will positively impact everyone around us. Mm -hmm. So to start today's conversation, how would you define transparency and how do you implement transparency into your work here at Marist? Sure, so we're gonna start with a big question. Yeah, the big one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, when I think of transparency, it's about being open with information that otherwise um, doesn't need to be revealed. So a commitment to transparency is really important on a college campus. It's super important for a college president um, to be open and honest about what we're doing and why uh, it's, um, it's empowering, uh, it's inclusive, um, and it, I've, I've always found that it helps um, uh, spread trust because yeah. when um, those who lead institutions and institutions themselves are not uh, are not open and transparent, then there's a suspicion. Why are they not telling us exactly. this? Why do we not know what they're uh, imagining doing here? 
Yeah. And so for me as a college president, it's actually very helpful for the community to not be wondering what's on my mind and what might be happening next. Yeah. So, uh, so being uh, transparent is a really important part of being successful in this role. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I know a lot of companies and like brands include transparency as like one of their pillars as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we do that here with SNR. So it's great to see that Marist College is also implementing that and letting all of the students know. Sure. Um, so in what ways have you seen transparency have an effect on higher college education um, since we do implement it so much? Sure. Well, let me talk about a few things that we've started doing just in yeah. my uh, short time here as some illustrations. So uh, at the end of every board meeting, we produce a summary of what happened in that board meeting and we distribute it to the entire community. I don't know that students read them, <laughs> but they get them. I have not read one actually. It's okay. It's more important I will that, after this. That, you, that you get them and have uh, visibility to it because yeah. the workings of board of trustees are mm -hmm. so, so important in how uh, in major decisions and how colleges yeah. uh, uh, operate. Mm -hmm. and, and when those um, summaries of those meetings are not available, then folks wonder, well, what are they doing? Who are these yeah. people? Uh, and there shouldn't be any mystery to, to things like that. Um, but transparency can also be on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I do office hours with students, and I have no idea what's on students' mind when they come into my office, right? Yeah. And so they I came me, into your office. You did. <laughs> you did. So it's, um, you know, if students have questions of me, if faculty have questions of me, staff, you know, I want to be available for them. So yeah. as many forums as I can create for them to have dialogue with me and feel completely open to ask uh, what's on their mind or to lob a complaint or an idea about yeah. how Maris can be better. Uh, and openness to that is really important for me to understand where I can be better at this yeah. at this job. And it makes people feel more a part of Maris than that their voices are valued, exactly, their yeah. ideas are important. Mm -hmm. I always talk about how you have office hours on my tours. I'm a tour guide. Um, <laughs> and every time I say that, families and like students are like, wow, like he meets with students, like he actually cares about what they have to say. Um, and I feel like no other college president does that, so it's really great that you like implemented that. Well, thanks very um, much. Yeah, and again, yeah. it's one of those things that not everyone will take me up on, but just knowing that they I can, I think, is important. Yeah. So if you know uh, they come in as freshmen, they're never, mm -hmm. you know, I would never go talk to the president, but then as a junior senior, it's like, hey, something's going on here. Maybe I'll go yeah. schedule those office hours. Definitely. So glad to know they're <laughs> appreciated. First come, first serve basis. So if you want <laughs> to meet with the president, <laughs> you better get in there quick. <laughs> we'll make more. We'll make more time slots if we need to. All right. So kind of going into the next question, it's kind of about like separating your personal views as mm -hmm. like a president, but also as Kevin yourself. Um, so do you find it difficult to separate your personal views and your views as a president of a college? Yeah, this is really tricky, right? Because it's, you know, I'm a human, right? I have exactly. uh, opinions on things and uh, things that I hold yeah. as personal values mm -hmm. uh, that I developed, you know, long before I arrived here. Yeah. Um, yet as president, one of the trickiest things is every time I say something, I mm -hmm. say anything, there's a uh, perception that I'm speaking on behalf of the college. Yeah. Uh, and some things are not controversial at all. You know, I mm -hmm. believe deeply in the value of, uh, of education and free speech and so forth. And these are things that all higher ed institutions um, yeah. espouse. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to my personal view on things, when students want me to weigh in on a political issue or a topic, I have to tell them, you know, I, 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 I'm happy to talk to you, you know, with the closed door one-on-one yeah. -on -one about what I think, but I can't speak on that issue because uh, yeah. there'll be a sense that that's not just my position, but that's Marist College's position. Exactly. And the best thing that an institution of higher education can do is to create forums for open debate and discussion, not to have a chilling effect because there's a sense already that the 
leaders of a college have a certain point of view. Yeah. So the, the colleges themselves have to be neutral. And in many cases, me as president, I have to be neutral on issues where I know some students occasionally are frustrated because they want to hear from, from me yeah. uh, on a particular matter. So since being at Marist, um, I know that you've recently put forward the Presidential Fund for Equity and the Marist Experience. Mm -hmm. What do you hope to see come out of that, and what are your plans for the future for it? Sure, yeah, I'm glad you bring this up in the yeah. context of transparency, because mm -hmm. when I arrived here, particularly through office hours, I learned yeah. that students experience Marist different ways, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, students who have come from financial means are able to do things like unpaid internships yeah. and attachment courses, courses where there's a, a travel component at the end of it that costs extra money because the travel piece uh, is, is expensive. And that was very um, upsetting for me to hear that some students are saying no to amazing yeah. experiences here at mm -hmm. Marist because of their um, lack of financial means. And so I really wanted to focus on um, providing some of my own funds into uh, a new fund, the Presidential Fund for Equity in the Marist Experience, that we've now collected lots of other donations, including from mm -hmm. every one of our board members. I was very touched by that announcement, which was made at inauguration. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've had over 100 applications from students looking for grants so that they can say yes to unpaid internships and uh, attachment courses. And that's very heartwarming for me mm -hmm. that now we're able to level the playing field for students who um, otherwise would have said no to these amazing experiences. In the realm of internships, as you know, in, in the fashion fashion industry, as in many others, internships are critical to being very, competitive very for full-time employment. Yeah. And for students who aren't able to do do internships mm -hmm. for financial reasons because they have to make have to make more money uh, to put yeah. themselves through college, they're going to be at a significant disadvantage uh, as they uh, compete for jobs here in a really difficult and challenging job market. Mm -hmm. So I continue to hope to inspire more forms of giving to this uh, fund. I also hope yeah. to spread awareness that our students um, don't all have the ability to experience Marist in the same ways yeah. uh, here. It, it's, and it should be something that we're, we're all focused on, uh, on improving. Yeah, that's really great to hear. And I know that it'll definitely benefit a lot of um, incoming students as well as like current students. And I feel like that it's really great for our college to talk about like the financial base. Mm -hmm. Because we are a private institution, it, it isn't some a college that can be like reaching, that a lot of students are reaching for. Um, I know like that was something that I went through um, financially, so it's great to see like this going into effect. And especially what you said about the internships, internships are definitely critical, especially in fashion. Everything is about experience, experience, experience. Right. Um, and that's what like this class is about as well. So like getting your hands in as early as you can, even like freshman year, sophomore year, um, it's great. So to have those like financial needs um, from the presidential fund would be great for those students. Yeah, and, and it, it shifts the narrative a little bit around the, um, uh, that, that was actually not intended, but uh, around uh, affordability, right? When we talk about yeah. college affordability, we mostly are thinking about tuition, room, and board. But when you're here, students are here, you know, things things cost money. Um, up. You know, w whether it's, um, you know, clothing or food or, or otherwise, and, 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 you know, experiences. So we talk about the $25 Broadway tickets, which is such a, Amazing thing I know, yeah. that Marist um, offers. But I hear some students say, $25, that's great. Other students say, $25, I don't have $25. Exactly, right? so yeah. Even there, there's there can be a, a divide around, along financial lines. And so uh, bringing, bringing some light to that is, uh, is part of what, I, what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. Again, that's really great that that's happening here at Marist. So we have been mentioning how transparency is 
beneficial and how we can use it to our advantage um, in terms of higher education. But when do you think transparency is not beneficial? And do you think we should set boundaries in the educational system? Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great question because I think of transparency as a clear and obvious good. But there are many times when it's not, and it's certainly in the realm of privacy um, where these can come into conflict, right? So um, there is not a right that individuals have as part of an institution to know everything about everyone. There are some things that need to be sensitive. You know, for example, when I fill out my forms with HR, I put my social security number on there. Yeah. I think we can all agree that students should not know what my social security number is, <laughs> Exactly, right? yeah. So, um, uh, so there, are, there are limits. Mm -hmm. there, there are less obvious ones as well. So, for example, when we, when we do searches for key, uh, key executives, we mm -hmm. typically don't make that an open process. Okay. And that's because a lot of really great potential candidates don't want to out themselves to their current employer as a yeah. candidate for a job at another place. And so we would really limit the quality of the applicant pool for certain positions if we uh, insisted on an open and transparent process. Yeah. So that's a case where my instinct is to make it open and transparent and to have the entire community meet with uh, candidates for a position, but that would not be in our best interest. Yeah. So really, it's a case-by-case -case basis that mm -hmm. we can be committed to transparency as an institution in general, but have times where uh, we decide not to be transparent for the, for the best uh, interests of the college. Yeah, and I feel like transparency not being beneficial also can go into, like, professors and classes and if they should share why they haven't, like, been in class for a certain amount of time mm -hmm. or... Um, like classes canceled today, like should they explain why? And I feel like that also goes back to like the student perspective too, where if you have to skip class, like should you have to provide your professor like an actual reason as to why or can you, is it fine to just say, I'm not gonna be in class today? Because I know some professors do require like having you to explain why you won't be in there. It's a great question, <laughs> right? Because yeah. uh, so, you know, employers, when employees don't show up to work, mm -hmm. You typically would want to know why, but yet yeah. a person may be dealing with a really challenging situation, exactly. be it a personal medical situation or a mental health uh, matter that really mm -hmm. shouldn't be uh, required to be divulged and disclosed. Yeah. So once again, I think it's uh, having you know sensible uh, requirements in place. Uh, if someone's going to be out for a week or two, it probably mm -hmm. would make sense for them to <laughs> yeah. provide at least a generalized answer, but, um, but also recognizing the right to personal privacy is really important. I know. And kind of going off of that, with transparency not being beneficial and having to know when you should say something and when you shouldn't say something, um, do you think cens censorship contradicts the idea of full transparency? And how does tr censorship kind of play with it's that? It's a big question. I mean, I know. You know, censorship, the word censorship is, um, you know, indicates a severe level of um, uh, restriction on yeah. what someone can and can't say. And I think we can all agree that that in general is not is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yet there's things like self-censorship, right? When, you know, yeah. you, you have a crude joke or something and you censor yourself uh, <laughs> exactly. because it's not appropriate. And yeah. that's and that's uh, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So it depends on who's doing the censoring and for what reason uh, yeah. and, and um, whether that curtails open dialogue and freedom of expression. Yeah. And I know, like, there's a lot going on right now in the world and in, in the states with, like, Florida and a lot of, like, other southern states like Oklahoma about like what can and cannot be said in classrooms right now mm -hmm. um, and how like the affirmative action might be going into play in like Supreme Court and everything. So censorship definitely does like play a role in that aspect as well. Yeah, and this is, um, you know, since we could have a 
multi-hour conversation on this, on this topic, but as a, as a historian uh, and somebody who, who believes in, mm. um, you know, teaching history in a holistic way yeah. to hear instances where um, uh, skilled educators are limited and the mm. content they can bring into the classroom is really scary and troublesome to me as a, as a general trend. And it's certainly something we need to, to watch and here at Marist be um, absolutely committed to uh, introducing our students to a wide variety of concepts and allowing them to grapple with um, with information and come to their own uh, conclusions as opposed to yeah. protecting them from uh, you know viewpoints that uh, that some someone might find odious yeah I saw a TikTok actually the other day of a teacher down in Florida and she was scanning in all of the books that she has to she has to like put them all into a program to see if they, they've been approved or not that if she can read them to all the kids in class so I thought that was like crazy because I feel like that's something like you read in books about censorship um, and now that it's like happening in real life it's kind of like sad to see that these like students might not be able to like hear a certain part of a story or learn a certain part of a culture because of what the rules might be in that state. So something that is popular right now is the AI generator chat GBT mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that gives individuals yeah. prompts um, when you give the AI prompt. So how do you plan to bring transparency back into the education system in terms of plagiarism as chat GPT can be something that students use for outside work, um, homeworks and assignments? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a fascinating development, and it's been a rather rapid one, and higher education in general is struggling with what to do about it. Uh, in a sense, it's a continuation of a trend where, um, you know, we as humans have access to uh, more information more quickly, yeah. and uh, we need to be responsible in terms of how, how we use it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, students can go to Wikipedia and get information and write a paper based on, on that as opposed to more proper forms of of research exactly. um, here, yeah, uh, you know, using Chat GPT to have um, you know to write your entire paper for you and do it in a way that is actually quite scary. And I how, know it is and really how scary. Good it is. Um, the naive side of me says, well, you know, students who do that are only cheating themselves, right? Yeah. Because we're here to to learn and develop our own means of thinking and and uh, means of research and so forth. But I'm also not. Um, you know, not naive enough to know that students may use it to cut corners as well yeah. in ways that will be challenging to uh, to to detect. Yeah, I've pl I've played around with it just to see, and it's crazy that how it can come up with like multiple reasons for just like one question that you put in, um, and it can give you like multiple prompts. So it's crazy that like that's where the world is heading right now yeah. um, in terms of like AI. So moving on. How have you shifted the narrative in terms of ensuring transparency in education? And what are your plans moving forward in regards to transparency at Marist? Yeah, continuing to do um, more of the same. So, for, uh, for, for example, we now have open conversations about the college's finances and the budget with yeah. faculty and with staff mm -hmm. in ways that um, help invite them into that, uh, into that process. Yeah. Uh, I meet with SGA frequently. We talked before about student uh, office hours and just yeah. providing more forms of access and, and yeah. availability and opportunity for transparent dialogue about, about things. I think and hope it makes me a better president. I think it does, yeah. I uh, <laughs> know more about what's on the minds of our students, mm -hmm. and I'm challenged to yeah. come up with reasons and answers for things mm -hmm. that um, – you know that that otherwise not might not be clear to uh, to, to students. Yeah. It's also messy, right? When you open up <laughs> exactly. information to more people, you may get more 
complaints and other yeah. ideas about how things uh, should, should be done. In some ways, it's easier to not be transparent because you have more uh, control and more range of freedom. Yeah. But again, I think that's absolutely the wrong uh, way to lead an institution, particularly one where you know, we've got 6,000 students, 50,000 alumni, mm. uh, 700 faculty, 700 staff, all care so deeply for this place. And yeah. so uh, the more I can do to open up how we do things and provide opportunities for input and dialogue, mm -hmm. the more people will uh, have an affinity for, yeah. for Marist and will we'll love it even more than they already do. Yeah, like you said, sometimes being transparent can be better just because there's so many people's opinions um, going into one thing. And I feel like as a student director, that's like something that I've been struggling with is like knowing when I should say something and like bring it out to the table after like I've discussed it with my co-directors and like advisors, like should I be telling my assistants this or like do I want their opinions? But I feel like as I've been going on, it's actually so much better to just lay it all out in the open um, because then I do have a chance to like hear their opinions and maybe like one of their opinions can bring us to like something that'll be even better than what I had planned in my head. So definitely making yourself accessible and just laying it all out on the table, um, even if it's like scary, <laughs> um, is probably the best in terms of transparency. Yeah. And as a leader, ultimately, um, you, you need to cut off the conversation and make a decision at some point. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, but I find more times than not that, um, uh, the view I held going into a conversation like the one you just had mm. is influenced by that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, that makes that other person feel wonderful that they actually were able to have uh, yeah. have, have an impact. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to listen, then you, you better act on what you hear uh, in, <laughs> in ways. Um, but that is a, definitely a way to get to some better decision making and also mm. have others um, really feel good about their role in the process. Exactly. So I want to close off our episode today with a segment we like to call Word of Mouth. Um, the best advice can't be found in a textbook, but rather through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. The importance of networking and face-to-face -face conversations is crucial in terms of obtaining helpful career advice as well as real-life experience, um, which is the most valuable form of education. Um, in this segment, I will ask you the same question that we ask all of our guests, okay. which is, what is your reaction to how Marist students are fighting for change? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I love the passion of our students. Yeah. Um, again, I love it when they show up to conversations with me when they've got ideas about how to make the college better. I had one student show up to my um, office hours, and it's a you know it's a, these are fifteen minute conversations. She had <laughs> eleven ideas about how to make wow. marriage better. We got through all eleven That's in great. the fifteen minutes, and I thanked her for that. Right, that yeah. this uh, th this was a student who really cares for the place and wants mm. to make it better in so many different ways. And so I encourage more of this uh, from from our students, mm. and to be active on on social issues, and to tell the college, uh, those of us at the college who can do something about it, when you're upset yeah. with something. Mm -hmm. uh, here and um, you know because again we can't make Maris better unless we're willing to talk about the things that uh, that we should be working on together. Exactly and I think coming together as just like a student-wide community on topics like social justices like you were saying mm -hmm. um, that's definitely like what we're aiming for with this year's theme just fighting for what we believe in yeah. and just like standing up for what's right and just amplifying all these voices on campus like yours um, to fight for that change. So. That's great, and I would just encourage students to think to think bigger. Uh, you know, it's wonderful when they engage in conversation with me to complain about parking. <laughs> I always, it's always about problem. parking. <laughs> <laughs> but think bigger, right? That there are real, real issues in the world that um, that need addressing, and uh, and have passion, have a passion for making real, lasting change. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this conversation today. I had such an amazing time. Um, 
and it was an honor and privilege to have you on the podcast. So yeah, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for now. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Hi, this is Kevin Wyman, President of Marist College. And this is Shift the Narrative. Be sure to come back for all upcoming episodes. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to our first episode of Shift the Narrative. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave us a review, follow our page, and follow us at Silver Needle Runway on all our platforms for Shift the Narrative podcast updates. Talk to you next week.